I think we have so many opportunities and sometimes we see our kids as in the way instead of it's an opportunity for our kids to learn and grow with us. It is so sweet to have them come help, whether it's, you know, cutting up fruits and veggies or chopping lettuce for the salad for dinner or learning to read a recipe. Um, there's so much that we can do with our kids. Hi, you're listening to the Zantaler Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. Homeschooling is an exciting adventure we take with our children. One of the most challenging parts of this journey is choosing the curriculum you want to use. BJU Press Homeschool is a curriculum you can trust. All the books, resources, and videos have been designed with you and your child in mind. Their curriculum is educationally robust and rich, taking into account that children have different learning styles, strengths, and needs. Mom, you are in charge. BJU Press Homeschool is here to come alongside and support you. Do you need help with the teaching load or is there a subject you just don't want to teach? Their amazing video courses are available for all grades and almost every subject. BJU Press Homeschool believes that homeschooling can produce a new generation of students who know God, love their neighbors, and stand firm in their faith. For more information, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com. Welcome back to my two-part episode with Nancy Manos as we continue our discussion on how to handle the hard days and seasons of homeschooling. If you missed part one, please sure to go back and listen to last week's episode to catch up. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you'll pick up some useful tips. So without any further ado, please enjoy the rest of my conversation with Nancy. Two things I want to talk to you about. Just one of these is if you have littles, and then the other one is is for kids of all ages. If you have like Caleb, we love Caleb. We work with Caleb on the podcast, and he's got five kids under six. That is that's a hard. Those are hard ages. I mean, you're just in constant demand as a parent. And so I would encourage you to remember that play is really the work of childhood. Play is not something that happens. I mean, that that should just happen in spurts and you're cheating because you're letting them play too much. Play is really the way they learn. Dr. Lorraine Itterman, uh, who was a dear friend of mine, she had her PhD from the University of Tennessee in education. And she she taught me a lot about the value of play, how much a child learns through play, how how much it's the um, the seedbed for true academics. So um, what I've got a great quote by Mr. Rogers. Play is often talked about as if it were a relief from serious learning. But for children, play is serious learning. Play is really the work of childhood. And then there are all kinds of books on the power of play. I think Dr. David Elkind wrote one of those many years ago. So if you've got littles, let them play. And, you know, the other thing about play is get them outdoors. The very first guest on my podcast, on the Zan Tyler podcast, was Jenny Urich. And she uh, has written the book, A Thousand Hours Outside. And that is the name of her podcast. And if you need some suggestions that will revolutionize your homeschool, just in terms of getting your kids outside, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that very first podcast by Jenny. She's amazing. I, isn't it cool when you think about the things that 
God has set in motion. Like when you spend time outdoors first thing in the morning and you get natural sunlight in your eyes, it helps your hormones so then you sleep better at night. And just spending time in nature is an amazing um, experience. It, it does things to us in our physical bodies and then in our hearts and our mind and our spirit to spend time in nature. But I love what you said about play. I think that's so important. It's amazing to me. We buy tons of toys. I, I'm one of those grandmas. I love to buy all the STEM things for my grandkids because they love science. And uh, when they come visit, their first question is, Grandma, can we do science? Yes, I'm ready for you. Uh, <laughs> but it's amazing. You give them a box of junk. You know, here's some pipe cleaners and some cardboard. And, you know, they can create some amazing things. They can, their imaginations um, can really set the stage if you let them have that creative imagination, free play time for later academics. That is so true. And one of the things that I really feel happened to me in an institutional school setting because I was, I was a good student and I wanted to make A's and I wanted to please people is I feel like my creativity sort of went out the window. And, and I, I just love with homeschooling that kids can continue to thrive and be creative. And I think being outdoors is one of those things. I wanna read you this quote, Nancy. Um, and it is by George Washington Carver, who is one of my heroes of the faith. He's, and he was a scientist. He said, I love to think of nature as an unlimited broadcasting station through which God speaks to us every hour, if we will only tune in. That's and amazing. You know, I love that quote. So, you know, get your kids outside. I was, um, Nancy and I have been sharing notes back and forth for the podcast about what do you think is hard about this and how did you handle this in your homeschool? And one of the things Nancy said, you know, there's that bewitching hour before dinner when, you know, you're waiting for your husband to come home. Uh, Joe was often out of town when we were homeschooling. So it was really a double bewitching hour when he was out of town. But, you know, and Nancy, you just suggested get helping get your kids involved in the cooking process. Right. I am a firstborn type A. Um, I like things done a certain way. I like order in my home. I like, you know, systems in place. Um, but so it can feel like a nuisance to have your kids help with something. Just go play, go watch a show, go do something so I can get this done quick. Mm -hmm. But really, when we're talking relationship and we're talking um, just the development of our children, it is so sweet to have them come help, whether it's, you know, cutting up fruits and veggies or chopping lettuce for the salad for dinner or, you know, learning to read a recipe. Um, there's so much that we can do with our kids. I remember when Alex was about four, she wanted to help me sweep the floor. And I wish that I could say that I handled it well. I'm like, oh, just give me the broom. <laughs> but <laughs> I learned after that, like thankfully pretty soon after that, I wasn't um, always, didn't always do it right, but I feel like I wanted to learn and do better for my kids. So, um, but I learned like you could make a masking tape or a painter's tape square on the floor and let them use the broom and sweep all the dust into that square. Like you can make it a game. She wanted to help me and I, you know, dismissed it in that moment, but look for ways your kids want to be with you. They want to participate in what you're doing and we need to foster that. So I just, I love, I loved cooking with my kids. I loved, you know, just kind of all the things that we need to do 
get home from the grocery store. Everybody had a job, you know, let's un unbag things and sort them. And um, just they're learning how to do things in a sequence. They're learning order. They're learning fine motor skills. They're learning um, just how to run a household. Here is the flip side of me. Nancy is type A. <laughs> I am type A with my work, but I am not type A with my house. So Nancy is creating order and I am a chaos. I'm a content <laughs> chaos producer. <laughs> so we would have this, you know, I would tell the boys, you need to go clean up their room, your room. And then they would say to me, well, are you going to go clean up your room? And <laughs> so we would have this joint room cleanup thing. Sure. But also sometimes at the end of the day, rather than them helping me in the kitchen, I would give them a ball or a shovel and say, go outside. And we had a great neighborhood where there were a bunch of kids who were their friends would come home from school in the afternoons and they would just play until drop until they could drop. And we, we had shovels and they dug forts and built forts. Our, our backyard was not a beautiful thing, <laughs> but it was a glory for kids. I will, I will yes. tell you that. And so there, you know, so some days they help, some days they play. And I think yep. the goal is, just to keep things moving in as interesting a way as you can at times. Sometimes yeah. you're just trying to keep your sanity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we need to be out the dinner at the door right after dinner. So right now I just need to get this done and prepped and yeah. go outside is not a bad answer. <laughs> I love how we are all different. And that's the beauty of homeschooling to me is it isn't what Zan does. It isn't what I did. It's what works for your family. You know, for me, we, our best time to homeschool was 9 a.m. to noon. And I knew if we missed that window, we probably weren't going to get any academic work done that day. You know, but for other people, that might not be the best. And maybe you work part time or, you know, whatever, whatever your situation is, take ideas and then apply them to how they work with your unique children in your unique family. Um, and, but have fun, enjoy your kids like that, I think is the message that both Zan and I want every mom and dad, look your kids in the eye and tell them that you not only do you love them, but you like them, you know, smile at them. Um, and, you know, my kids had this aversion to the kitchen for a while, where anytime they would walk by, I would, Hey, could you take the trash out? Hey, could you, I'd give them a job. And then they would like hide. <laughs> Don't go by mom. She'll give you something to do. <laughs> I think James thinks that sometimes still to this day. Um, but it's about relationship and it's about m making it work for your family, not copying someone else's formula. Cause there's no formula for this except love Jesus and love one another and do the best you can with the day you have. One thing I want to just talk about for a minute is that if you have a couple of interesting things built into your week, it gives you a reason to get the schoolwork done more quickly. Yeah. I mean, it, they act as corralling factors. Like we Wednesday morning was our service morning, pretty much throughout the time we homeschooled. And um, there were times where we served um, in an inner city ministry where we tutored together as a family. Joe's dad went, um, the boys were teenagers and they could, they could tutor on their own. And Lizzie and I um, had one girl that we tutored for five years. Wow. And it because we did that on Wednesday mornings, then we knew Monday and Tuesday we had to get enough work done to 
to be able to get out and spend that Wednesday in service. Yeah. And um, we, and then we had things, you know, lesser commitments of service, like just helping mow a neighbor's yard or going to see your grandparents, or if you have elderly parents, in, wherever they live in an assisted living facility, or, you know, there's always somebody in need. And if we can get our kids outward focused yeah. on the needs of other people, then I think we've won a great victory with our homeschooling because Jesus says, you know, the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor. And so we want them to grow up with this idea of service as a natural part of life. But I did find it to be a corralling factor. And we just learned, we learned so many lessons during our service projects together. We had for several years, we worked with the widows in the church. We had what we called our Christmas widow baskets. And, and that would take several hours a week. September, October, November, getting ready for in December. And so, you know, that was an, another one of those crowling factors. You know, you just, you've got, you've got sports and you've got piano and you've got these things. And so you got to get your schoolwork done today between nine and one. And you can get it done when you're yes. homeschooling. It was nice for us to have those imposed deadlines a little bit. Yeah. I just think that service just energizes your homeschool. And every Wednesday I would wake up and I would think, we do not have time to do this. I do not have the energy to do it. But we would, most of the time, we would always go and we were always glad. Yeah. It's amazing once you get there too, the energy comes yes. uh, from being present and showing up. And it's amazing just to be able to serve. I love that. And I love that you share that often. That really is a theme of your family and your journey. And it's inspiring. It inspires me. Like when I think back, we would volunteer at church or whatever, and our kids were there with us. And, you know, that's right. We model having a good attitude about work too. You know, what if we show yes, up every week right. at church or whatever, wherever we're volunteering and we're grumpy about it? Well, that's not... <laughs> teaching our kids what we want them to know. Um, but there is great joy in serving others. And what a gift to give our kids um, that kind of legacy of just being the hands and feet of Jesus is really what we're called to do in this life is to show up and let people know about his love, right? Yes, that's right. And and when you're serving, you're really problem solving. Yes. I mean, I know we don't think his service is that way, but if you're if you're serving that means somebody has a need and you sit together as a family and you think now how are we going to fill this need it's really I, I i mean i just think it's it's a really an academic pursuit in that regard yeah. because it's critical thinking it's problem solving it's sociology like how can we help others it's psychology what does it you know what it does it do for us as more blessed to give than to receive and you know the other thing we learned from serving is that we had we had several bad experiences through service um one was a missions trip we took our youth group on um junior high and high school kids and we were renovating a house in west virginia and it was not it was really not a pleasant experience, but we learned so much through it. Another time we had bought presents through Project Angel Tree for a, a prisoner's family, their kids. And when we delivered the presents, it really upset the mom. I know we've talked about this before and she had the, every right to be upset. Um, somehow she didn't get the message we were coming. And so you just teach 
your kids that the outcome is the Lord's, but we are doing this because Jesus says we love him first and we, and if we love him, we'll love our neighbors. And Nancy, you had, um, two examples that I really liked. One was camping and one was a friend of yours who had a, a mother with cancer. Yeah. Or so, something. okay. I'm not a camper, although I have been camping and back in the day, I was a youth director at the little Methodist church I grew up in. Um, and we did take the kids to a Christian outdoor, um, music festival. And so we slept in tents. Um, but what I love is when you go like camping is such a great illustration of adversity, overcoming adversity. So whether it's a storm that blows down the tents or floods the tents or, you know, uh, critters get into your food supply or, you know, whatever, whatever, um, just even getting in and getting your camp set up. Um, there's something about coming together as a family problem solving, um, working together to overcome those challenges that draw us closer together. And I love that. It doesn't have to be camping, but that is one of my favorite. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Again, it's more, I mean, I do have a teeny tiny bit of experience, but it's more I've heard. <laughs> I've heard men say, because uh, I prefer, you know, I'm a resort more. <laughs> Give me a nice comfy bed. Um, but, but, you know, just there's something about drawing together and problem solving and overcoming challenges. And then um, there was a woman that I met at um, a homeschool group when I spoke to them. And she was telling me about how her mother had um, cancer in the last year of her life. Um, friends were telling her like, oh, you should put your kids in school so you can focus on your mom. And she was, she thankfully had the vision for this is a season of service for our family. And she wanted her kids to get as much time with grandma as they could. Um, they brought her meals, they cleaned her home, they, they served grandma together. And um, they have special memories because of that. Um, but often the response is, well, just, you know, just put your kids in school so you can deal with that challenge. Whereas sometimes it's about going through that together and it was interesting because she said, you know, we didn't do much academics that year. We did hardly opened our math book and um, they had done uh, standardized testing, even though it's not required in our state, but some states it is. And she said her kids were right on track. Like they didn't lose any academic ability. You know, they still did audiobooks and reading and um, right, things like right. that, but it wasn't the day, you know, every day, four hours of, or whatever, you know, mm -hmm, and I just mm -hmm, loved mm -hmm. that it ministered to her mom. She has these special memories, but that the kids got to be part of that. I think we have so many opportunities and sometimes we see our kids as in the way instead of it's yes. an opportunity for our kids to learn yes. and grow with us. Yes. I, I love that, Nancy. I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking about the couple of times in my life. I, um, one time, and I've talked about this before, so I don't want to belabor it, but we had our first public hearing coming up in South Carolina. The boys were seven and five, and I lost a baby when I was six months pregnant and almost died during the process. And I can remember as Joe and I were planning that first public hearing in our hospital room, in my hospital room, um, I just wanted to go home and go to bed. I wanted to put the boys in school. 
I wanted to sit in my bed and cry and recover for four weeks. I mean, that is what my thoughts were. But instead, we went home, back home to homeschooling, and we went back home to planning that public hearing. And I've often thought what my kids would have missed. They learned so much about life and death, eternal life and joy, God knit her together in my womb in a special way that she didn't need to live here on earth. She went straight to heaven and God was her father from the very beginning of her life. And, you know, it was just, it was such a learning experience for them. And they help, you know, they used to stuff envelopes. This is before email and they're stuffing envelopes with me late at night and helping me get ready for this public hearing when Joe wasn't at home because of work, travel. And, and I think we would have missed so much had I processed that by myself and the kids had not been there with me. So, yeah, you know, it reminds me, have you seen that meme where it's a person digging? I think they're digging for diamonds or something. And there's just a tiny sliver of rock left that they have to get through to get to the treasure. But they feel like they've been digging so long and they walk away and they don't realize how close they were to the victory or the, the treasure. And I think sometimes we just need to persevere. We just need to stick with it. And and God shows up in amazing ways. Um, right. and, but our flesh wants to quit. Our flesh wants to walk away. Our flesh wants to go, this is too hard. Um, but there is a sanctifying work that comes when we die to self a little bit, you know, and just, and not in those heart heartbreaking situations, not comparing it to that loss that you had, but just... I think sometimes hard things come, whether it's financial or health or that's right. Maybe you have a child with special needs and it's really difficult. You know, whatever, whatever the situation is, sometimes what we need to do, you know, maybe you need a nap and a snack. Um, (laughs) I love that from the Bible. Um, But, but then get back up and just keep going and watch God, watch him show up. And he does. He's so faithful. That That is so true. And, you know, one of the things I learned, because I was having a hard time, we were homeschooling and we were going through yet another legislative session, you know, and I was tired and I just wanted to quit. Somebody gave me, you know, some quote on perseverance that was supposed to make me feel better. And it, one of my favorite quotes really is by Charles Spurgeon, by perseverance, the, the snail reached the ark. Uh, that happens to be one of my very favorite. But I started, it it did make me think, well, I want to see what the Bible has to say about perseverance. And I was shocked at how much faith and perseverance are linked together or faith and endurance. So if you ever want to do an interesting word study, you know, you can get out an online concordance or do a a word search through any of the, the Bible programs that are out there. And I just started looking at what a premium God puts on perseverance. It was, it really shocked and amazed me, but it, there is something about continuing in the path God has called you on through trials, you know, just sticking with it. Breakthrough is coming. I, I don't want to yeah. miss the breakthrough, right? That's, yes, that's right. I've been walking every morning between three and five miles. And there's a point in my walk where I'm like, I'm not going to make it. If I'm looking like, oh man, that stoplight is still a long way away. But if I look at my steps right where I'm at and I'm just present here, 
I make it all the way and I feel great at the end. And I think it's like that with our kids too. Like, what do you focus on mag is magnified, right? Um, and so if it's challenging and all you're doing is talking about that hard thing or, you know, focused on it, you can make it bigger and worse than it actually is in reality. Um, but then also just being present, like, okay, Lord, what, how can I adjust right now in this moment? What can I do? You can't control other people. You can help shepherd your kids. You can have a chat with your husband. If there's something going on there, like you can recruit the people in your family to help solve, you know, and, and overcome. But sometimes it's just you and the Lord. God, what can I do right now? Whether it's an attitude adjustment or, you know, what am I not seeing that's right in front of me? You know, Lord, give me eyes to see what you see. Help me to see my kids through your eyes. Help me to just enjoy them because they're a gift. Like we have to remember that our children are a gift and it is a gift Amen. and a privilege that's right. to disciple that's right. them and homeschool them and raise them up for his glory. You know, one thing that I want to end with is just keeping an eternal perspective. We hear the saying a lot that they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. But C.S. Lewis said the person who is the most effective on earth is the one who keeps heaven in his mind all of the time. Now, that's a loose translation, but that is a C.S. Lewis thing. And that really, um, I, I just think that is so true. He Corey Ten Boone said that heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And I think part of the glory of homeschooling is that we aren't, I mean, we definitely are preparing our kids to take their God-ordained place in this life. And, but we're also preparing them for eternity where God has prepared a place for them. And if we can keep, like you say, the long game in mind, and that end is really that we all want to be in eternity together. James Dobson on his show, Focus on the Family, used to tell his kids every night, be there. And he meant when I get to heaven, you know, I want to see you there with me one day. And so Joe used to tell the kids every night before, before he, when he was tucking them in, he'd just, he'd walk out the door and he'd say, be there. So there's really an eternal purpose for everything we're doing. And I think that that, if, if we can remember that, then that can inspire us during the mundane parts of homeschooling in life and the hard parts of homeschooling in life. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Nancy Manos today. I hope it was encouraging, inspiring, and that you picked up some helpful tips and tricks along the way. As always, you can learn more at zantyler.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Until next time, bye.